It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and it is not hot here in Arizona. It is hot and humid here in Arizona, which is not a fun mix. It's not a fun mix at all. I'm I'm not enjoying my time in the city that I live in right now, or the state that I live in. I don't like it. It's hot, and it's humid, and keeping dry clothes is very difficult. I did, however, get the backyard done today, so that's good. I'm real happy about that. I'm currently hydrating. But enough about me. Let's talk about our show this week. Our show is going to be, I think it's going to be a good show. I um, I mentioned before that this is earnings call season, and nobody you know, really wrote in to tell me what they wanted to hear, what, what businesses they wanted me to talk about and go over. So I just chose. And this week, we are going to go over General Motors and Ford's Q2 2022 earnings call. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, Tesla's earnings call takes like an hour and 20 minutes for this guy to get through. How long is it going to take to get through like a two major companies' earnings calls? And the answer is not as long as you think, because quite frankly, they all talk in like financial speak and uh, the analysts want to know things that are not technical in nature. So most of what was talked about on these calls was all big financial words that I don't completely understand. So since I don't understand them, I don't have to talk about them because I don't want to look stupid or more stupid than I already do. So yeah, it was... (laughs) It's actually, uh, it was actually quite nice to go through these. Um, there was some on some of the earnings calls, like General Motors. You really have to get creative in what you can find. But fortunately, uh, I think we got some good stuff here. All right, let's go ahead and jump in to our first General Motors clip. And right now, I'm losing my voice, so I apologize. I I sound like a teenage boy at times, so it'll crack a little bit. Sorry about that. Our first clip is a little bit more information on the pilot General Motors EVgo charging network that we talked about. I think it was last week, but it w- might have been the week before where they're putting these charging stations in these locations like at Flying J's and Pilots and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and listen to that clip. 
and the ownership experience for all of our EV customers will be enhanced by agreements like the one we just signed with the pilot company to expand our Ultium 360 charging network to facilitate interstate travel. Together with EVgo, GM and Pilot plan to install 2,000 DC fast charger stalls at 50-mile intervals along U.S. interstate highways with special benefits for GM owners like exclusive reservations and discounts on charging. With Pilot investing a billion dollars to upgrade their customer service, we are confident this will be a very good solution for our customers. One of the most interesting things that I found about that very short clip was that she talked about reservations. So I think that's really cool. Like a a supercharger, or excuse me, a level three charger every 50 miles is really is fantastic. That really goes a long way to uh, correct that issue of chargers not being everywhere you need them. Um, that doesn't mean they're still going to be everywhere you need them, but, but they'll be in a lot more places. So that's really cool. But the fact that you can make a reservation at one of these places, uh, that's actually really encouraging. So when you get there, you'll have a spot available for you, you know, allegedly, and you'll be able to charge your vehicle. You won't have to wait in this like random first come first serve line. So I think that's really cool. One of the things that I'm really curious about is that Pilot is going to invest a billion dollars in their customer support. So I wonder if that is on-site customer support, because if you have reservations, you got to have people there who are going to manage those reservations. You need to have a charging maitre d' or a charging concierge to kind of facilitate all of this. And are they going to have teams of people that are going to be switching cars in in and out while you're eating at the pilot, uh, you know, breakfast place? Um, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this whole thing plays out. In our next clip, we're going to hear more about Ultium battery cells. And as our EV strategy scales, the key question investors frequently ask is, how will you build enough batteries when competition for raw materials is intensifying? And as I've said, our strategy is to control our own destiny, and that includes building cells in partnership with LG Energy Solution. We are just weeks away from the launch of the seven-day operations at the first Ultium Cells JV plant in Ohio. Then each quarter, the plant will add 20% to its capacity, reaching the full 35-gigawatt uh, for our capacity in Q4 of 2023. Securing cells from this plant are key to significantly ramping up production of the GMC Hummer EV and the Cadillac Lyric to meet pent-up demand. The second cell plant, which is under construction in Tennessee, is on track to open next year. And just last month, iron workers and our construction partners installed the final beam in a topping out ceremony. In Lansing, Michigan, the site of the third cell plant The foundation work is underway and steel work will begin in August, and that plant opens in 2024. And the team is also making good progress towards selecting the site for the fourth U.S. cell, which will take our projected total battery capacity to 160 gigawatts. So at this point, I have listened to three earnings calls for Q2 2022. I've listened to Tesla, Ford, and GM. One of the biggest um, threads is supply chain in terms of chip shortages, although that's easing up a little bit. But another one is the raw battery materials. And GM has secured, you know, I use air quotes here, secured the materials they need, I think, until like 2023 or something, or maybe it's 2025. I can't remember exactly what she had said there. But that's fantastic. 
One of the things that I didn't realize was that Chevy is working currently working on three battery plants, um, and they're going to be come online. I think within a year of each other, which is really impressive. I didn't realize they even had like they have a fourth one planned. Um, so that's fantastic. I have no idea how that compares to Tesla's battery plants, and honestly, it doesn't really matter how it compares because you know, like Tesla's going to do their thing and GM's going to do their thing. But as long as they have enough batteries to produce enough EVs to meet demand, that's really what I care about. Uh, let's see here. I mentioned the binding supply agreements. Yeah, 2025 was was that time period. I thought it was interesting that Chevy is expecting $90 billion in annual revenue just from EVs by 2030. This, that's where I got the dates mixed up. And I looked on this and their quarterly revenue for Q2 2022 was $35.8 billion. Now, that would lead me to believe that by the end or by 2030, by the end of 2029 into 2030, that Chevy is looking at, or GM, excuse me, is looking at building almost exclusively EVs, if not all, because that's a big portion of their revenue, that $90 billion. In our next clip, we're going to hear about that fourth battery plant and the U.S. government loan used to pay for that plant, or at least used to pay for some of the plants. Any color on the, the timing of, uh, of the announced uh, fourth battery plant? I thought, you know, the company was hoping to make an announcement sometime in the first half. So just you're curious what the update was there. And then can you provide any details on the, on the timing and the terms of the $2.5 billion uh, U.S. government loan announced today through the ATV, uh, ATVM program? Thanks. So uh, the announcement for the fourth battery plant will be in, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it'll definitely be this year. Uh, so just stay tuned on that. Obviously, um, there's a lot of, the team has done a tremendous amount of work. So we're, we're approaching announcement there. Uh, and then I'll let you talk about the terms. Yeah. So on the, on the Department of Energy loan, um, we obviously are still need to close that loan. So as we, as we close it, um, we'll have uh, more details on it, but, uh, it is a loan to Altium sells LLC, so it benefits both us and uh, LG Energy Solution, and it is non-recourse to GM. So it sounds like this company, Ultium Cells LLC, is the company that's actually responsible for the loan. So based on the last piece of that clip that we just heard, it doesn't sound like GM will be responsible if something goes bad and they default on the loan. I'm going to rely on the folks who listen to the show. If you know... If that sounds right to you, let me know, Bodie at 918digital.com. It sounds right to me. And by the way, I would like to throw Arizona in as an option for that fourth battery plant. So, Mary, just give me a text. You have my number. In our next clip, we're going to learn how GM is going to shrink the price gap between ICE and EV vehicles. If battery raw material costs don't fall what are the cost opportunities to offset this pretty big increase? I mean, I'm, es I'm estimating right now that EVs are probably possibly $7,000 more costly than an internal combustion engine, which is a pretty large gap. So, so how can you fill that gap going forward, particularly as we go into next year with the big ramp? I mean, it seems like your margin targets haven't changed really, and the spike seems to be a pretty material headwind. 
Well, I think as we ramp up, scale is going to be a very important piece of it. I would also say, you know, the team continues to find opportunities to take cost out of, uh, you know, battery cell manufacturing, uh, finding manufacturing efficiencies. Uh, we have found uh, opportunities in purchasing. Uh, we can, and over the, you know, I'll say the mid to a little bit longer term, we'll, we'll continue to look at what chemistries we can use that improve costs. Uh, also chemistries that use less of the more expensive uh, materials. So, you know, Colin, really, we look at every single element to take cost out. You know, our number one goal right now is to get these battery plants up and get it launched because there is such strong demand for the products uh, that we have, you know, whether it's the Hummer or the Lyric. Uh, and continuing, we're seeing really good uh, uh, interest in the, in the Bolt um, from a customer perspective. But as we get into next year with the Silverado EV, the Blazer EV, the Equinox EV, uh, and, you know, yet this year later, the SUV of the Hummer, we're, we're busy getting everything ramped up. And then if one thing General Motors engineering team and manufacturing team knows how to do is take cost out and we'll do it. So right now, General Motors and Ford, for that matter, Volkswagen, these kind of companies, Toyota, Nissan, all of these companies are in the ramp up mode. It's going to cost them a lot of money. They're going to make a lot of stupid mistakes and they're going to find ways to, to pare that down and come up with a more affordable product. She mentions that the Chevy Bolt is really appealing to, to folks, which I agree. The Chevy Bolt is at a really great price right now at about twenty six, twenty seven thousand dollars $27,000 for the base model. Um, I don't think they priced the Bolt that low because you know, they, they found efficiencies. I think they priced the bolt that low because they had an issue with batteries catching on fire and it's kind of put a dent in the customer confidence of that vehicle, which I don't think it should to be fair, but I don't think people are, are buying the bolt because they're like, Oh, I heard this catches on fire. So I would be surprised if Chevy is our GM, excuse me, is making any money whatsoever on the bolt. Uh, I would be. I, I would guess that that car costs them money to make and sell. At least the base model. Maybe not some of the higher trim packages, but I can't imagine the base model is making any money. I think this is being sold at a loss. Like it's basically a compliance vehicle to offset their more dirty uh, SUVs in pickup trucks. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, we're about 13 minutes and 39 seconds into the program, and that brings us to the end of the GM Q2 2022 earnings call. Next up, we're going to hear from Ford. I'll be honest, Ford had some more interesting things to say about their EV efforts. So we're going to jump right into a portion, not the whole thing, just a clip from Jim Farley's opening remarks. The Ford team delivered a very solid second quarter in a challenging environment where we saw supply chain disruptions, a lot of new economic headwinds, and uncertainty as a whole. Importantly, we achieved these results as we advanced the Ford Plus plan, which is the biggest opportunity to create value at Ford since we scaled the Model T. And at the core of Ford Plus are three fundamental promises to our customers, distinctive and breakthrough products and experiences, an always-on relationship with Ford every day, every hour, every minute, and ever-improving post-purchase user experiences powered by software. Today, I'll give you an update on Ford Plus and the early results of our decisions to reorganize the company into three distinct segments, Model E, Ford Blue, and Ford Pro. Now, let me start with the progress we're making to lead the electric vehicle and digital revolution. What's lost in the industry's arm race of claims regarding capital invested, the number of top hats we all have, the promises of future leadership is one fundamental question. Who is and will be the best position to design truly distinctive and appealing products that people actually love? That's the question. Now, we've been overwhelmed with the demand for our first-generation EVs, the Mustang Mach-E, the Lightning, and the E-Transit. These products are in the market now, and we have strong multi-year order banks. We're selling them as fast as we can make them. And you can't say that about many of the EVs coming to market now. We believe that these great new products will enable us to grab an outsized share of the rapidly growing EV market, combined with our healthy and vibrant shares of our ICE and growing hybrid markets. This month, we expect to produce 14,000 EVs globally. That's significantly higher than just a few months ago, and we have a clear path to reach a run rate of 60,000 EVs by the end of next year. And that will lead to a foundation to 2 million by late 2026. In fact, our anticipated growth rate in EVs through 2026 is more than twice 
what we expect for the global EV industry in total. Now, securing the raw materials to produce batteries at scale is critical to our plan. It's estimated that at best, 50% of all raw materials required to meet the combined announced targets for all EV OEMs is actually available, 50%. And this is why speed to securing supply is so critical and strategic. So is diversifying our battery chemistries to increase our flexibility, supply and profit, and to support different customer use cases. Last week, we announced a series of MOUs and agreements to fulfill our ambition, ambitious needs that I covered. And we are working to complete definitive agreements where necessary. Our Model E team moved quickly to capture these opportunities. To summarize, we've added battery chemistries and secure contracts delivering 60 gigawatt hours of annual battery capacity, which will help us support fully the 600,000 units of that 2023 run rate of capacity. We now have lithium ion phosphate or LFP battery packs coming for the Mach-E sold in North America next year and for Lightning in early 2024, creating more capacity for these high demand products. We've secured 70% of the battery capacity needed to support 2 million units by the end of 2026. And we struck a new deal with CATL on strategic cooperation for global battery supplies, as well as deals for direct sourcing of critical battery raw materials in the US, Australia, Indonesia, and more locations. And we have a plan to localize 40 gigawatt hours per year LFP capacity in North America by 2026. These deals are a strong start as we fortify our EV supply chain that's aligned with our sustainability and human rights principles. All right, before I jump in with comments, I kind of want to go over uh, some of the things that they're going to talk about in this earnings call as because it's kind of new. A couple of months ago, Ford announced that they're going to split their business into three parts. So you have Model E, which is the electric vehicle portion of the company. You have Blue, which is the ICE vehicle portion of the company. And then you have Pro, and these vehicles are built for people who actually do work. It's like panel vans and fleet stuff for for painting companies and stuff like that. So you're going to hear these terms, and I just want you to be aware of what they are. At the beginning of this clip, Jim Farley mentions Ford Plus. And Ford Plus is kind of like this holistic approach to manufacturing product design, the actual product itself, customer service, financing services like Blue Cruise and things like that. And then a bunch of other words that they use in earnings calls. Basically, it's like kind of like a synergy. Everything's supposed to work together and work well for the company, but also work well for the customer. It's supposed to be this like seamless way of thinking. I probably should have explained this earlier before I played the clip, but we're going to hear some of these terms over and over throughout the rest of the earnings call. So I just want everybody to be on the same page. Now, one of the things that I'm, I'm coming around on, or one of the people I guess I'm coming around on, is Jim Farley. Because Jim Farley does not lack confidence. And normally these kind of people who are very cocksure, I don't generally care for them. Um, I, I like somebody who's a little less uh, cocky. But the more interviews I hear with Jim Farley and the more 
the more I hear him on these earning calls, earnings calls, uh, I, I kind of like him. I, I think that he is that person, but I also think he's, he seems to be a genuinely nice down to earth person who throws a lot of shade. And it seems like he throws the shade for his own entertainment. I don't think he's being mean per se, but I don't know. Uh, I'm really starting, really starting to like the guy is what I'm saying. So let's talk about raw materials for manufacturing the car and the battery. This is something that out of all of the earnings calls that I've listened to, and I listened to Volkswagen today and I decided I wasn't going to uh, go over that because there was nothing in there that was super interesting. But out of all the earnings calls that I've listened to, which is four now, a common theme across all of these earnings calls is in addition to the semiconductor shortages, these raw materials for the batteries. How are you going to get them? Jim Farley mentions that they have a memorandum of understanding or they're working on getting a memorandum of understanding uh, with companies that supply these materials. Now, if you haven't had anything signed, you don't have anything secured. So um, I just want to point that out. It doesn't sound like like GM said they got these these deals secured. It doesn't sound like Ford has them secured at this minute. But Ford's a big company and they can just write a big fat check and they can probably get what they want just by throwing a bunch of money around because a bunch of money for a small supplying supplier company is not necessarily a bunch of money for Ford. Like adding an extra zero to something may or may not be a big deal to Ford, depending on how much they're spending overall. Um, but manufacturers seem to want to let Wall Street know, hey, these deals are in place, or at least they're being in place for a steady supply of raw materials. One of the things he was talking about is LFP batteries. I'm actually, battery cells, I'm actually very high on LFP battery cells. They're a little bit more robust than the cobalt, manganese, nickel battery cells, but they're not as energy dense. So you're not going to get as many miles per se, unless you just put a bunch of cells in a battery pack. But these are typically going to be lower mile vehicles. So the range is going to be smaller. My question to you, and I'm curious as to what you think, is do you think that Ford will put LFP battery cells in the Mach-E or the F-150 Lightning? That would actually bring the price or should bring the price down on these vehicles, but it would also bring the range down. The Mach-E's got pretty decent range. The F-150 Lightning base model has terrible range unless you buy that extended battery pack for, what is it, $20,000, which is a stupid amount of money. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious as to what you think. Bodhi at 918digital.com on whether that not Ford would do that. I personally think that they won't do it. But later on in the earnings call, he mentions the Ford Maverick, and the Ford Maverick is Ford's most affordable vehicle, according to Jim Farley. Um, I, I'm not so sure he didn't mean their most affordable truck, but I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with Ford's entire lineup of vehicles. But I'm sure the electric Maverick or Ranger, if they come, will use LFP batteries, and I'd be totally fine with that. All right, let's jump into our next clip. And Jim is going to talk about services because services is very important to Ford. This is another uh, theme all throughout the Ford earnings call is how important services are. 
Now, I didn't put every clip where he mentioned services, but let me tell you, there was a lot of emphasis put on services. So let's go ahead and jump into that clip. Now let's talk about the progress we're making in building out an always-on relationship with customers and that ever-improving user experience enabled by software after the customer buys the vehicle. Now, along with product execution, these are really the relevant, sustainable advantages we see to create in today's hyper-competitive market a difference, where the real competition is not legacy OEMs, but pure-play EV companies, including emerging Chinese players. For example, more than 55,000 Ford customers have already driven nearly 10 million miles with Blue Cruise, our hands-free L2 system. That's just one year after the capacity was launched and we started OTAing this to our vehicles. We're using the data we get through Blue Cruise to continue to improve the customer experience. And as it happens, you can imagine a significant ADAS revenue profit stream being created by giving customers the ability to work, watch a film, or even take a nap during a long trip in their Ford. While the financial benefits of ADAS are clear, as is our Ford Pro services stack, they're relatively small now, but we're rapidly increasing the number of digital vehicles on the road, as well as attach rates of the enabling services. And over time, much of the SaaS revenue will be deferred on our balance sheet, providing an annuity-like revenue stream that is highly accretive, something this company and this industry has never seen. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, in terms of over-the-year updates and that kind of thing, Ford hasn't seen it, but Tesla's been doing it for years. So uh, making it sound like it's something that's new, it isn't. He mentions at the beginning of the clip uh, the Chinese automakers, which Elon mentioned last week in Tesla's earnings call, that automakers, legacy automakers, should not underestimate Chinese automakers. Because Chinese automakers look to Tesla and they're like, this is what works. And some Chinese automakers have been accused of directly stealing uh, code from Tesla. Uh, they liked it so much, they stole from the company. But allegedly. But the point is, is you know, this isn't new. But I'm glad that Ford is moving towards this direction. They're a little behind. But Ford, again, has a bunch of smart people working there, a bunch of smart engineers. I'm sure this will go through... You know, I'm, I'm sure they'll catch up is what I'm saying. He mentioned the acronym ADAS, which is Advanced Driver Assistant Systems. Uh, that's hard to say. It's a hard word for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. He mentioned Blue Cruise, which is like their their version of Tesla's autopilot. Of course, OTAs are over there updates. Um. Yeah, I, I I honestly think that Ford's going to be fine on this. I think they're going to catch up to, to Tesla and other Chinese auto manufacturers faster than people expect. However, you know, those companies still have a pretty decent lead. All right. I had to cut our next two clips. And the reason why is because it was very hard uh, to grok what they were saying without putting in a lot of extra context that I don't think we need for this show. So I'm going to do my best to explain it. They asked Jim Farley if Ford has too much complexity. And Jim said, absolutely, they have too much compl complexity. Um, it sounds like they have too many 
like executives. He uses the word top hats a lot. I think he used that in his opening remark clip that I played. I think top, uh, top hats include like middle managers and up, maybe, maybe upper management. I don't know. Um, but you know, as Ford has going, been going through this process of ramping up for EVs, you know, they've had to throw a lot of money and a lot of people at a problem. And over time, you know, they've kind of added complexity to the, the, the situation. And this is, I might be wrong in how I'm explaining this and in terms of an, an analogy, but this is kind of how I saw it, uh, how I, how I felt about it after he was explaining it. And again, I would just play you the clip because I'm doing a terrible job at this, but the clip is so short and all of the context that came before this, it, came from multiple different locations in the earnings call, it wouldn't make any sense if I played it for you because I tried several times and it still didn't make sense. And I was there listening and it didn't make sense to me. So basically here's kind of what I got out of this. Have you ever been in a meeting uh, where you're trying to solve a problem, but instead of being three, maybe five people there, there's like 36 or 40 people there and everybody's calling out a solution and it's just a lot of noise. And then you have that one person and this is me at this point. I'm this one person that is just a know-it-all and won't let anybody else talk and what they're talking about isn't relevant. And nobody cares. That's me right now. This is what I'm doing. That's kind of what it sounds like Ford's problem is at a massive scale. They've got a lot of people. They've got a lot of processes. They've got a lot of, you know, just overall complexity that they need to sort through because they had to get these two vehicles out, the Mach-E, well, the E-Transit van. So we'll, we'll say three vehicles. They had to get these three vehicles out, the Transit van, the Mach-E, and the F-150 Lightning. And now that they've kind of gotten some processes set up, they've got some foundation underneath their feet, they need to go through and they need to be like, okay, it makes sense for these people to do this job and it makes more sense to take these people away because we don't really need this job over here, job B. Let's move them to job C and kind of shift this around to where it makes the most amount of sense. They need to find efficiencies, which is what GM was saying. It's what Tesla has been saying. Uh, it's what Volkswagen was saying when I listened to the Volkswagen earnings call. So that in a poorly explained nutshell all of these companies, including Tesla, on one level or another are all experiencing the same issues and they're trying to overcome the same problems. Now, granted, Tesla is further advanced in a lot of these situations, but it doesn't mean that Tesla doesn't have problems they're trying to solve. Let's talk about labor. They just laid off a ton of people. They didn't lay off a ton of people because everything's going swimmingly maybe it was financial reasons maybe it was because they found a more efficient way of doing something it doesn't really matter tesla's continuing to make improvements in these areas ford gm volkswagen all these other companies need to continue to make improvements in this same these same areas it's really the point that i'm trying to make again poorly let's go ahead and get to our last clip and the caller was was on a very staticky line. It was very difficult to understand them. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that it's uh, a question about due to the raw battery material pricing prices increasing, should Ford pull back on EVs instead of go you know full throttle forward on EVs? No, we don't plan on pulling back. Uh, if anything, the first generation of products has inspired us to go faster. 
I, I think I, I would just emphasize that how we look at this change in our industry is it's not a change of propulsion. It, it's much bigger than that. It's a change to uh, a vehicle whose differentiation will increasingly be software that you ship to the vehicle. We now have uh, real experience on the first shippable software to these cars. The first is ADAS for sure. And the second one for us is Ford Pro. We're shipping telematics to the customer, uh, driver coaching, uh, energy management, our attach rate for charging now on our, our e-transits where we're 95% share is like 30 plus percent. So there are a lot of services connected to these vehicles because of the software. And that, that's a, that's a really big revenue opportunity for us. Um, when you talk about the base, you know, walk to 8%, we're not going to, as John said, we're not going to go through that here, but I will tell you that LFP has a dramatically different exposure to raw materials than an NCM sh- sh- cell. Like there's no nickel in it. <laughs> um, so it, the chemistry strategy for the company and diversifying that is a very key part of our um, profitability walk. But I, I think the most important thing to think about is, is not that we're investing or not in electric cars. We're investing in digital products. And we can keep them longer because we don't have to upgrade the uh, upper bodies because they're software-enabled vehicles. There's so much we can do to change the profit profile of these vehicles. The biggest thing we have to solve for in all of that is the battery cost. And we can't wait to take you through all of that. One of the things that I didn't mention earlier when he was talking about services and how important services were to Ford, uh, the Blue Cruise, you only get access to that free for like two years or something like that. And then you got to start paying for it, which I do think that uh, you should probably pay for it. I think it's a good service. But uh, I, I think Ford should just include that in the purchase price of the vehicle and not give it to you for two years and then down the road they're like hey you need to give us five thousand dollars or god forbid twelve thousand dollars for this service i don't know how i feel about that um but yeah i i do agree with ford you know with jim farley here when he's saying no we need to continue this is like the path this is the direction that we're going as a company you know we're transitioning away from ice vehicles which he did say that didn't matter as much about the propulsion and it was more about the services. So that doesn't necessarily mean, I guess that they're, they're moving away from ice vehicles, but you know, I think it's pretty clear that at this point Ford's moving more towards EVs for sure. And they're more excited about it. So overall, I thought that the Ford earnings call was pretty good. There's a lot of information in there that wasn't usable for this show. There's a lot of stuff that I thought I could use that I ended up cutting out. Uh, but I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too confusing because I had to cut a lot of things back and forth and re-record some things based on stuff that I thought would actually be in the show. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is this clip is completely unusable, unusable because I don't have all this other context in here. Um, it doesn't make sense. So... Hopefully all of this made sense. 
I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Kilowatt. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next Friday. Gentlemen, this concludes the Ford Motor Company's second quarter 2022 earnings conference call. We thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.